0: all right so we're going to go ahead and start the recording so first and foremost thank you guys so much again for being here this is week three um i don't know if everybody got notes or not i did not print out any copies i have a copy um let me, let me do that real quick let me just going to pause this we're going to go ahead and start recording again and get going pretend like that never happened all right (laughs) well welcome again guys to week three of our identity series and the last couple weeks were the first week was just really kind of a overall covering of what identity is why it mattered you know and it was just kind of one of those broad stroke kind of things that kind of gave us a general vision and direction last week we really dove into kind of who we were before we even knew there was a Jesus, right? Most of us that were born into a life may or may not have heard of God or Jesus for a long time. Some may have heard of God out to date. It just really depends on where you grew up. But for the most part, we were living a life, you know, contrary to who Jesus is and why he came. And so we really delved into that. Um, If you need the notes or anything, I think I sent that out in the email, but if you need them, just let me know and I'll get those back out to you. But today we're going to talk about the step between who we were without ever having known Jesus to we've heard of this Jesus and now he's coming down the scene, right, before we actually step into our life in Christ. So this is that kind of weird in between if you will and i know that when we talk about our lives in christ there is no real in between but what i want to share with you guys is kind of the life of the disciples you'll see during the three years of jesus's ministries really kind of revealed a lot of our walks with the lord and some of our walks that are still happening a lot of a lot of christians um are, are kind of in this level that I'm going to go through right now tonight. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just there, there's a next step of identity. There's a next step of belief. There's a next step of uh, you know who we are and who Jesus is in us. And so I'm, I hope to really kind of vet that out tonight. Mm-hmm. So um, like I always say, please hold your questions and notes and all that because we are recording. But feel free to write whatever you need down If I say something and you're just like that is. Whack, write it down, and we will come back to it (laughs) during our question time. Um, I'm sure I will say things that are going to. maybe rub you a little wrong and that's okay because I'll say things that are going to rub me a little wrong so it's it's the process if I'm really being obedient I'm praying that God speaks and if he does I should get a little I should get a little offended in, in a way too and I use the word offense not in the terms of we're used to it but you know you are it's it's that spiritual self at war with the carnal self type of deal right so when the spiritual self identifies something in our carnality that needs to die a lot of times we we, we get into like a fight mode <laughs> All right. so so a lot of the scriptures we have i'm going to try to go slow for um you guys on zoom especially tyrone and amy since i didn't have your emails and sent these out to you um, i have a lot of scriptures and what i'll do is on the recap i will just repost these scriptures for you guys so you guys have them in your email but for tonight i will try to go through them slow i know i i get a little excited and i start speaking really fast And next thing you know, I covered two hours of stuff in like 20 minutes. So if I'm going too fast, you know, somebody just wave at me and let me know slow down, Chris. But the first thing I wanted to really hit was this idea when Jesus came. So we just came through Christmas and everybody knows, you know, Jesus, you know, came to earth, was born of the Virgin. And, you know, we're not going to get into that because that's, you know, a totally different thing. But he he had to come that way. He had to come the way he did so that he can then walk this life out and do something super important at the beginning of his ministry and and so what happens here is, is when jesus comes there's there's an interesting statement that that is made in matthew 3 2 and mark 1 15, and again in matthew four seventeen. so again that's going to be matthew 3 2 mark 1 15 and matthew 4 17 and so matthew 3 2 says something here it's when john the baptist is preparing the way for the lord right so he says repent repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand right and then and and i'm going to i'm going to st- cheat and skip over mark 115 for now and we'll go to uh, go to matthew four seventeen since i'm right here In matthew four seventeen, it's actually jesus saying From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, so think about this, Jesus began to preach, and the first thing he began to preach was what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If we go to Mark 1.15, and I love that you guys have like real Bibles, this makes me so happy. I'm I'm not against phones, Manny, don't, don't <laughs> tase me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love hearing the pages. It's just like, you know, it's awesome. So Mark 1.15, again, this is where I was just saying, Jesus was born and he had to be born and he had to walk this life out for this specific moment. Did you did you need something good? Um. So right here, right, John the Baptist Oops, no, that's not, I got ahead of myself. So John the Baptist is put in prison right here. So Jesus says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I got ahead of myself because I read this and I see how I get excited and I'm like, ah, right? So I know what's coming, so it's awesome. So three times here, both, both John the Baptist and Jesus mentioned the kingdom of God is now at hand, mm-hmm. right? So what is the kingdom? Romans 14, 17 tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Right? And that's powerful because in John 1, 1, 14, Jesus became flesh, right? The word made flesh and dwelt among us. And then two chapters later in John 6, he, he tells the disciples that his words are spirit and life. And then Peter, a few verses later, because Jesus says, Are you going to leave me too? He says, No, where would we go? Your words are eternal life, right? So, so right now we're talking kingdom is at hand. That means basically eternal life is at hand. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit is at hand. Why is that important? Because if we go to Matthew 3:15, which is where I was jumping ahead of a little bit here jesus says something amazing here so john is baptizing you guys know john john the baptizer he's baptizing people in the, in the river and everybody's like are you the one that's to come he's like no i'm preparing the way right so then he sees jesus and he's like oh right jesus comes from galilee to john at the jordan to be baptized by him and john tried to prevent him So we're down in verse 13 and 14 before we get to 15. So in 14, John actually tries to prevent Jesus. Think about this. He's preparing the way for the Messiah. He recognizes the Messiah comes and then tries to prevent the Messiah from doing something. How crazy is that? So he tries to prevent Jesus saying, I need to be baptized by you. Now, how many of us would say that we would probably do the same thing? Like, are you crazy, Jesus? Like, oh no, please, you gotta baptize me. I know who you are, right? But no, Jesus says something absolutely amazing. He says, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill righteousness. Why? Because he was born, right? And walked this whole thing out without ever sinning. He fulfilled, what was it, 10 commandments and like 613 laws and never transgressed one of them. So he was the perfect unblemished lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And when he got baptized, right? What does baptism mean for us? It's It's being crucified with Christ, it's dying so jesus going in the water symbolized his death ahead of his actual death and it actually symbolized the sinless spotless lamb dying and being resurrected and he had no sin right so he fulfilled righteousness because the only way to fulfill the old covenant was to walk out all ten commandments and 613 laws and not one could do that, right? The Bible tells us everyone falls short of the glory of God, every single one of us. So, you know, some people say, well, I'm good. And you're like, okay, have you ever lied? Well, just a little white lie. Well, it's a lie. And it's punishable by death. <laughs> it's just as punishable by death as murder in the one millionth degree. And so it, a sin is sin. And, and God is, is not... Um, trying to decide the level of sin he has just put a judgment of death on sin right because it pulls you out of relationship with him so i thought that this was super interesting to me when we're talking about jesus shows up and he actually fulfills the law he says i've got to get baptized because it's in order to fulfill righteousness right because as we go into the next couple of weeks and we start talking about who we are in jesus the righteousness word is going to start coming up and it's going to stem from this moment in time so, Matthew uh, 5 17, Matthew heavy, apparently. Jesus says something very interesting because a lot of people will say things like, Well, I'm not under the law, you know, or I don't have to follow the law. I'm, I'm under grace. And you're, you're right, absolutely. But Jesus says something here that's very interesting. He says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, I came to fulfill them. Right, so that's why when the disciples and and some of the Pharisees and stuff said, Well, okay, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus, what does he say? He says, To love the Lord your God with all that you are, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on this because when he died, I'm getting a little ahead of myself in the next week. When Jesus died on the cross, he removed sin so that our revealed image in Jesus could be regained. And when that's regained, then we become love. And when we become love, right, we're in him, then we fulfill the law and the prophets just as Jesus did. We don't have to try. It's who we are in him. So I'm a little ahead of that, but this is why that makes sense or why that even matters, okay? So a lot of what we're seeing in the Gospels, in Matthew and John and Mark and in Luke, is encountering Jesus. Would you guys agree that uh, Jesus arrived on the scene, and, and everybody that was walking with him, or even not walking with him, were encountering Jesus. What well, we would say is an encounter with somebody. I encountered that person, and Jesus was doing miracles and signs and wonders, and he was preaching and he was, uh, you know, sharing a, a lot of amazing, uh, you know, kingdom-related, heaven-related uh, concepts and ideas. People were encountering jesus and i'm going to specifically talk about the disciples here because this is kind of our walk the disciples encountered jesus every single day ate with him talked with him learned from him you know did life with him kind of like we we're talking about you know before we went live here and yet were they even in a place of understanding what that even meant jesus told them all kinds of stuff and when jesus died how many of them stayed with him none of them they all scattered john was the only one that stayed at the cross and i think it had to be because of jewish jewish custom of giving mary to john and john to mary because jesus was dying so there had to be a transferal of sonship and, and mothership right but the disciples scattered the bible even tells us that one of them ran out of his clothes He's streaked. We, we have a streaker in the Bible running from Jesus who he encountered for three years of his life with all the miracles, all the wonders, all that Jesus taught. That's intense. So it showed me that there's a lot of us that we can, we can be introduced to Jesus. Somebody can bring us to church. Somebody can talk about the Lord. And we can have an encounter through that person with Jesus. Or we can read about, you know, we can encounter them in the word. But it might not be the fullness of where we end up needing to be. Right. John 14 29 is one of the one of the verses where Jesus kind of talks about. There's many verses, but this is just one that talks about Jesus predicting his, his, his uh, coming and suffering and, and his death, right? So it says, and now I have told you before it comes. So he's, he's basically prophetically speaking here that when it does come to pass, you may believe I will no longer talk much with you for the of this world is coming and has nothing in me, right? So he's saying, I'm about to die. And he says it numerous times in the Gospels, but I will, ri- I will rise again in three days. says this to the disciples how many times i mean there's plenty of times throughout throughout scripture right and yet the disciples didn't believe that they weren't fully convinced that's what the word believe means they walked with jesus for three years and were not fully convinced and when he said i'm going to die but it's okay because i'll be back that's crazy. That's why they ran. That's why they scattered. I think that's why you're seeing in 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 the world today, and even in some churches and in some you know areas where people are kind of falling away and running from Jesus because they've encountered a Jesus before the promise was fulfilled. So what do I mean? So right here, what we're seeing is pure and true discipleship. Jesus is 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 showing us what true and pure discipleship really looks like. So the Iraq and Afghanistan churches are the fastest growing Christian churches in the world. Why? Is it because they get everybody to say the sinner's prayer? Not at all. Sinner's prayer is kind of a made up thing from about 80 years ago. It's a new thing. It's a tool, but it's not. it's been used um, and not for the purpose that it was created. And so now it's turned into this you know, location-based prayer to get me to heaven and totally missing the point of transformation, right? True discipleship is what Jesus did. Jesus walked on the scene, John prepared the way. One of the first recorded words of Jesus in, in the Gospels is actually in John 1:38. And what what John had done, he had prepared the way for the Messiah, so that when he said, Behold, here comes the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world, two of John's disciples immediately followed Jesus because John did such a good job of laying the groundwork that when Jesus comes, that's who you need to follow. And so they did, they got behind Jesus and started walking. Jesus turns around and says, what do you seek? What do you seek? So that's an amazing first question because it's testing your heart. Why are you coming after Jesus? Why why are you, why are you following me? What is it that you hope to, to gain? So that's the beginning of discipleship. It's building relationship. It's, it's, it's starting to do life together. So the Afghani and Iraqi churches, that's exactly what they're doing. They don't come on the scene and say, well, oh, if you step out here and you know, get shot, or you going to heaven or hell? They don't do that. They take them out. They, they have dinner. They invite them into their homes. They do life together for months on end without ever bringing up Jesus. But what, what did I say at the beginning of this? We are actually going to be walking into um, evangelical lifestyle where we are living our life out loud in a way that people actually start asking us about the hope that we have, right? And why we live the life we live, where we're not having to press it upon people. We're attracting people because they want to know what it is we have. And that's what's going on in, in the Middle East is they're living this life. And then these people are saying, why are you doing this for us? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And they've already prepped them. They've already shared enough with them. And they've already come to a place where when the name Jesus comes up and the, why they follow Jesus, they've already seen that in action from once on end. And it becomes a true transformational belief, a fully convinced belief because they have the action to back up the word. How many of us know that um, our words have power, but they have more power when there's action that backs it up? Right? That's why why I think the Bible says our faith without works is dead. Not because it's what we do, but if we're fully convinced in who we are, we'll do the work because we're compelled by love and we'll recognize that it's actually God in and through us for his good pleasure that does it. And so that work gets done and it actually builds up the the power behind the word so that when it's actually spoken it creates transformation right so matthew 28 18 through 20 is kind of the culmination of this pure discipleship of jesus when he says something very amazing most of you know the scripture but you know we're going to say it anyway And I'll start at 18, because that's where this goes. So Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority on heaven and earth. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. So this is is crazy because it doesn't say, um, those who are called to evangelize, go and make disciples of all the nations. Those who are called prophets, those who are specially anointed and gifted, it says, you all go, therefore, and make disciples. So in order to make disciples, what do you have to have become? You have to have become a disciple. You had to have walked with Jesus, right? And then there's a key point. And let's see where I'm at here. There's a key point here that I'm going to basically transition into next week's uh, teaching. The disciples walked for three years with Jesus and encountered him and And loved him and messed it up and you know made the mistakes and even went out in power and cast out demons and healed people. like that's that's amazing. but they didn't fully believe until they encountered the resurrected Jesus. It wasn't until Jesus showed up in John 20, just appeared, walked through a wall, whatever it is you want to believe in that space, but basically Jesus shows up, in the midst of a bunch of disciples that are freaking out and scared because they think they're about to die too. They just watch their, they just watch their, their, their teacher, their friend, uh, their master get, get murdered on a, on a cross and they think they're next. And Jesus is like, poof. It's like, he just shows up here in the room. Right now. Whoa. You know, but what, what does Jesus do? He says, peace be with you, right? Mm -hmm. I bring you peace. Why? Because he made peace with God. But he does something amazing. He Mm -hmm. breathes on them. And when Jesus breathes on them, they receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's their born-again experience. That's their born-again experience. They encountered the resurrected Jesus. And how many of those disciples died for the namesake of Christ? Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. Not one of them ever went back on their belief again, and I think you got to you got to just kind of consider they encountered Jesus, but it wasn't until they encountered the resurrected Jesus that they were fully convinced. And that's kind of where we're going to go into into next week is this idea of now that Jesus is resurrected and we get to partake in that resurrection. What does that mean? What does that mean? So I think that'll be it for for this week. I pray that you guys, um, you know, just kind of open your hearts. You, You seek the Lord. Don't take my word for it. I know I throw a lot of scripture out at you. And that's good. It's good to make the, the meeting official and read some, read some Bible, but take this to the Lord, uh, seek Holy Spirit, you know, ask him uh, what, 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 it, what this looks like and what this means for you, what revelation he has for you that you need to walk out and you need to to work through with the Lord. Right. And then, uh, you know, I would love that we would continue to have time together in talking about those perspectives and vetting some of that stuff out. Because what I'm sharing is just what I feel the Lord has revealed to me. And He's revealed it to me to potentially share. And so I just pray that you just go into this with an open mind, open heart, not um, mad at me if I said something that you don't agree with, but willing to have a conversation. And come to the Lord and see what he has to say. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. And we will see you next week.